Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. It's good to be back with you on this Tuesday. We have a number of interesting developing stories, very important stories, connected to what is going on with Ukraine. And I've been warning and I've been concerned for quite some time about this slow, slow process that could very easily get America involved in a real war. And when I say involved, I'm talking about America involved in war. Not just helping Ukraine with war. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. Closer to home, we have another developing story that's been getting a lot of attention in recent weeks. We're referring to the trial of Alex Murnau that's going on in the Collison County Courthouse in Walterboro, South Carolina. As you know, the trial wrapped up the prosecution's phase, and now, beginning today, I believe, we have the start of the defense putting on its case, trying to make the case that Alex Murdaugh is not the man responsible for the deaths of his wife and son. Interestingly enough, and this has to be a very, very uh, emotionally uh, riveting experience for this young man, but Buster Murdaugh, who is Alex Murdaugh's only surviving son, is testifying this morning. He is testifying on behalf of his father. I believe that testimony is continuing right now. It might be worth just dipping in to listen for a little bit to hear what is taking place as the defense lays out its case. Let's listen in for just a bit to Buster Murdaugh on the witness stand. They would do a lot together. Um, For a long time, there was a... My grandfather had a um, camping trip, and Papa T frequented the camping trip. He liked that. Dad and Papa T would go to Carolina sporting events together, play golf together. And did did you spend a lot of time with your dad and, and your grandfather, Papa T? Yes, sir. You play golf with him? Yes, sir. We'll get to that a little bit. Um, and let's talk about uh, your dad's side of the family. Was it a close-knit family? Yes, sir. Um, and And... Your grandfather, your dad's father, his name was what? Handsome. Handsome. Um, Again, this is testimony underway right now, and it sounds like what they're trying to do here is lay a foundation for the connections to establish the idea that Alex Murdaugh had strong and healthy connections with family members, and ultimately the idea behind this, uh, it would seem... You know, there's no reason, there's no reason in the world because of these relationships that Alex Murdaugh would have to kill members of his own family. Uh, Again, this is testimony in the defense case that is underway, just getting underway in Walterboro, South Carolina. If there are any significant developments on this, you will certainly uh, hear about them here during the course of the broadcast today. Uh, But this has uh, a lot of people. Uh, paying close attention to the trial. I started off talking about what's going on with the United States of America. You know, the president paid a visit to Ukraine, and it's pretty interesting to see how the mainstream news media is just absolutely fawning over this man. You would think that he is some sort of war hero because he paid a visit to Ukraine. By the way, a visit that was strongly discouraged by some military officials in this country did not think it was a good idea. Nonetheless, 
We have a number of events I think it's worth talking about. And here's the idea behind it as I bring this up today, because I'm very concerned about the United States of America drifting into something that is not in our best interests. I am not a person who would characterize myself as a um, an isolationist. I'm not. However, I do think there is something to be said for minding our own business. You will hear me repeatedly talk about the fact that we need to make sure that we are primarily, primarily focusing on America and taking care of Americans. We drove that home yesterday with an example of what's happening in Ohio, where you have the aftermath of a train derailment, an accident, and fire, where there are a lot of people concerned about their health. If I'm an American president, I don't care what the predominant political culture is in that particular area. That's where I'm going to go to say, hey, we are here for you. That's what a real American president will do. He will not traipse off to some other country and pledge to give millions and billions more of our money that we don't have. It's really that simple. Drudge had headlines on the widening Ukraine story. And I say widening, and you'll understand this why, this reason that I'm saying this. Here we are at the one-year mark of the invasion. Stories about the top-secret visit to Kiev. As I mentioned, the media fawning about this, just how masterfully this was pulled off. Vladimir Putin, his landmark speech suffers mystery blackout. I happen to believe there may be an effort underway within Russia to undermine Vladimir Putin and perhaps take him out. We shall see. A leaked plan to absorb Belarus. I believe the idea behind this is to carry this out by the year 2030. Ukraine's unlikely wartime leader instills hope. You've seen plenty of stories about Zelensky and his leadership. Whatever you think about the potential corruption of Ukraine and its issues, there's a lot to admire there. I mean, and I'm not saying this is not a political statement, but I see, frankly, from what I've observed from here, much more to to admire of Ukraine's president than our own. I don't have any hesitation about saying that. And the unexpected winners of conflict will talk about this. Who is actually profiting? Profiting from the war in Ukraine. Because there are people who are. You should also know, and this is where this gets very messy for the United States. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has declared Moscow is suspending their participation in the New START treaty. This is the last remaining nuclear arms control pact with the United States. This is escalating, folks. We're going to talk about this story more details on this and other moving pieces in this that we better pay attention to stay with us if you would like to join the conversation the gs plumbing talk line 800-928-1110 the common sense retirement planning text line it is 71307 over on the text line the Murdoch trial going on, this person says, Vince, doesn't everyone that kills their wife and son after finding them dead looks up a restaurant to eat at 15 minutes afterwards? Very interesting. 
on the subject of Ukraine, Vince Zelensky, I think, is the Antichrist. Oh, come on. Really? Biden doesn't give two flips about America. This echoed by another texter. Our current administration not only doesn't care about us, they hate us. Totally. Last year, this administration said it would not send physical armaments in addition to funds because that would escalate the conflict and then endanger the United States. So what changed? Very good question. Biden's also trying to give away control of the U.S. during a pandemic by giving the World Health Organization legal control of how we handle it. Vince Soros and Schwab support Ukraine and Zelensky. That alone gives me reservations. Hmm. This texture saying the president should have gone to Ohio for the people there. Experts say the water in the air is okay, so there's no danger there. You know, I was just thinking. I'm just thinking out loud here. Wouldn't it not be a stroke of confidence for him to go in to East Palestine and right in front of the people there because, you know, federal authorities have supposedly done tests on the water, drink a glass of the water right in front of the residents. I'm not being a smart aleck here. I'm, I'm being perfectly honest with you. Why don't you go and reassure the people? Say, hey, we are there for you. We are here for you. That's more important than offering reassurance and support to anybody in any other country. It's really that simple. Vince, I don't support Ukraine or Russia because I don't want to make false binary choices. I learned it from you. Good for you. See, this is the kind of conversation we need to have. Thoughtful conversation. Not get dragged into a situation where... I don't know, a month down the road, we're staring at full-blown war with our men and women putting their own lives in danger. I think we're closer to that than many people realize. Vince, I equate Russia versus Ukraine with the Bloods versus the Crips. No good guys in this fight. Vince, Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor, the borrower is a slave to the lender. This is the first commandment for government control at home and internationally. Wow. Yep. Jim out of Easley says, Vince, it wouldn't be a good look for the president to be drinking water out of a sippy cup. (laughs) Jim, you should be ashamed of yourself. Also this, you know the king does not taste or drink his food first, but one of his subjects. And if they don't die, then he eats and drinks. Oh, my goodness. You folks always amuse me on the text line. I started off telling you about one of the implications we now have in this ongoing proxy war between the United States and America, because that's what's going on. Vladimir Putin is now saying the new START treaty, for all practical purposes, it's dead. They're not going to honor it anymore. He said Russia should stand ready to resume nuclear weapons tests if the U.S. does so. A move that would end a global ban on nuclear weapons tests in place since the Cold War times. Putin accusing the U.S. and its NATO allies of openly declaring the goal of Russia's defeat in Ukraine. They want to inflict a strategic defeat on us and try to get to our nuclear facilities at the same time. In this context, I have to declare today Russia is suspending its participation in the Treaty on Strategic Offensive Arms. New Start's official name is the Treaty between the United States of America and the Russian Federation on measures for the further reduction and limitation of strategic offensive arms. The NATO's Secretary General, Jens Stoltenberg, voiced regret about Putin's move, saying, with this decision on New START, full arms control architecture has been dismantled. Saying, I strongly encourage Russia to reconsider its decision and respect 
existing agreements. So, there's that. This treaty, and knowing the Russians, I'm not sure we could have trusted them to abide by these terms in the first place. Remember Ronald Reagan? One of my favorite lines from Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. Very important to see continuation of that policy. Then you also have the EU entering the picture. The European Union now claiming it's warm it's warned communist China supplying arms to Russia would cross a red line and have consequences. Oh boy. So what is this red line? And what are the consequences? Joseph Burrell, the European Union's High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. Where did they get these names, these titles? <laughs> I'm the High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. Oh my gosh. He said, I expressed our strong concern about China providing arms to Russia. I asked him not to do it, expressing not only our concern, but the fact that for us, it would be a red line in our relationship. <laughs> As you know, the EU, deeply involved in the conflict, funding, arming, and training Ukrainian forces. The Spanish Socialist Workers' Party politician turned highly paid Eurocrat said of the meeting with the senior diplomat in China. He told me they're not going to do it. They don't plan to do it. Adding Brussels will remain vigilant with respect to Sino-Russian relations. I'm sure the Chinese are terrified. Oh, we better not help the Russians. That's a red line. It would have consequences. Shh. How much fear do you think this is really put in the hearts <laughs> of the Chicoms? I mean, come on. We have other headlines on this story. And again, with the idea in mind, we could be moving dangerously close to a war that most Americans do not want. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And over on that text line, made reference to the water in East Palestine, Ohio, Vince, the chemicals in the surface soils, they're going to take months or years to leach down into the water table. Another person saying here that the water from the city might be safe, but I'll bet that well water is not. Hmm. Vince, who cares about Murdoch? Give him the death penalty or life and let's move on. Biden, he's a senile puppet. Zelensky is a reason to money launder. <laughs> okay. On the Ohio situation, you're trying to be cute. Most drinking plants can treat for most chemicals. Okay. Putin said fighter jets would be their final straw. Well, let's see what happens, because it looks like they're going to get them. Vince, since you hate binary choices, I'll take it you hate binary sexes also. I couldn't help myself, Vince. What a comedian you are. <laughs> Vince, did you see the video of Biden walking around over there? How is it the building they came out of looked completely unharmed? Who knows? With all the things going on in the world right now, not only bad for America, but bad for the world as well, isn't it strange the hated orange man warned us and was right about all of us? 
All of it. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. This was all foreseeable. Vince, the end is near. All conversations, Russia, Ukraine, China, North Korea, Iran, Iraq, lead to nuclear weapons. No walking this back now. Man will get his wish. Jeff says, I feel like Joe Biden is doing a better job as president for Ukraine than he is for us. He should just go over there and stay. And let's have a special election right now and elect a real president, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. Put somebody in office who actually loves this country and not others before us. I am totally fed up. You get that one? Fed up? Yeah. Over the decade, Russia became closer to the Islamic world. Is it a coincidence they now practice politics of death? Is Mr. Magoo making all these decisions about Ukraine by himself, or was I taught the wrong thing in school? It's Chris out of Shelby. Very good question to ask here. Biden probably went to Ukraine to renegotiate his contract. Did he come back with an extra briefcase? Oh, no. Biden needs a rocking chair, a blanket, and a banana. He really needs to go away. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Some of you folks. Before the break, we mentioned China and the warning from the EU. Don't help to arm Russia. That's the message from the EU. And now we've learned that China's leader is planning to visit Russia. As this war rages on, allegedly, the Chinese leaders expected to use the Moscow trip to push for multi-party peace talks. That is according to the Wall Street Journal. And we have this wonderful gem in the UK Daily Mail. Is this a concern for us? Russia aims to absorb Belarus by 2030, according to a leaked document setting out a plan to infiltrate the country. A secret dossier says there are three different approaches to annexing Belarus. And the Wall Street Journal, actually, this is the UK Daily Mail, reporting Putin's desire to absorb Belarus into Russia should not come as a surprise. And I think many of you know these countries were once a part of the old Soviet Union. Look at this from their perspective. This has been a profound humiliation to see the disintegration of the Soviet Empire. And Vladimir Putin, I believe, is a person who wants to restore the alleged glory of the empire that they once were. So it's it's really fantasy to believe that we're going to have peace because this guy is determined that we will not. And frankly, we've got a lot of people over here who profit from war. Grid News reporting on the unexpected winners of the war in Ukraine, the people, companies, and countries that have benefited from the turmoil. How shocking this is. I think you know by now, and especially those of you who have gone, war is hell. I don't care how sanitized it is for many of us now because so many of these things are push button for us use of drones and the other technologies that are available to us but the truth of the matter is there is no there is no getting around the ultimate death and destruction that takes place from war it's just real let's talk about the losses a year of war in ukraine Tens of thousands of Ukrainian civilians and soldiers have been killed. Millions have been displaced. Large portions of the country are under a brutal Russian occupation. The country's infrastructure shattered. And it's also exacerbated a global food and energy crisis. The world's most vulnerable are in a state of desperation. Hundreds of thousands of young Russian men have been sent off to fight in what some feel is a pointless and self-defeating war. It's a war from which many will not return. The Kremlin's rules become far more brutal, autocratic, 
and hopes of peaceful coexistence between Russia and the West have been dashed for the foreseeable future. You know the impact on Russia as well. Efforts to isolate them because of the war. But guess what? In the midst of all of this, there are some people who are actually benefiting. Let's talk about who's benefiting. Not surprisingly, economics and energy. For the non-Russian oil and gas industry, it's been a banner year. A war involving the world's second largest oil producer kept prices high as European countries sought to transition away from Russian supplies. ExxonMobil finished 2022 with $56 billion in earnings. The year before, it was only 45.2. Chevron, $35.5 billion. We're going to talk more about the profits from war, financial and otherwise, as we continue. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. Vince, if Ukraine was seriously under attack, wouldn't you go after the Capitol buildings first? I don't care what we hear and see. I don't take it seriously anymore. Another person's adding here, to top it all off, Japan calling for an emergency meeting with the UN because of North Korea. Great atmosphere out there. Mr. Coakley, I love how some of your listeners are so flippant about nuclear war if it happens. They need to march towards the mushroom cloud. No one will profit. No nation will escape unscathed. What is left won't be worth living for. God help us. Yep, I hear you. Vince, I've I've owned Lockheed Martin stock for years. They are profiting from the war in Ukraine. So should I feel guilty? Consider the defense and aerospace industry employs a lot of people. All the people on the left for years, they've loved the the agreements, the treaties, the call for simultaneous reduction in nuclear arms, in a sense believing that if we disarm, so will they. Now that Russia's withdrawing (laughs) from their commitments, the idiocy of these people is on full display. The deep state is pushing World War Three. I want them all destroyed. Go Putin. Okay. Ukraine is the nexus for money laundering, child and human trafficking, and neo-Nazis. Zelensky's not elected but installed by Obama. He is an evil dictator. All right. Just a sampling. Some of the items on the text line. I started telling you about who's benefiting. You've heard about the oil companies. And I'm not one of these people who is, you know, against capitalism or anything like that. But, you know, we're, we're not going to be naive about this either. The relative winners are some of the countries in the Middle East. Rachel Ziemba, adjunct senior fellow at the Center for New American Security, saying Saudi Arabia's state-controlled oil company had a particularly good year, $42.4 billion in profits in the third quarter of 2022 alone. Did you hear that? Saudi Arabia. These people are just, they're rolling in money. The ongoing geopolitical importance of the world's largest oil exporter demonstrated in June when President Joe Biden, who had once vowed to make Saudi Arabia the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman a pariah because of his human rights record, he made a visit to Riyadh to try to convince the Saudis to produce more oil for us. As you know, that did not work. United Arab Emirates pushed forward an ambitious plan to increase the production supply 
Qatar also increased its dominance of the global natural gas market. Qatar signed a 15-year gas supply deal with Germany in November. The wars led countries like Germany to say, look, we do need different pathways for natural gas. We're not ready to just use renewables. Norway. Europe's leading oil producer booked $114 billion in oil and gas sales last year. <laughs> and some people aren't too pleased with this. The climate-conscious country calling these war profits. <laughs> the defense industry. I'm sure this is really shocking. You've heard all kinds of conversations about the military-industrial complex. Well, we've got billions of dollars in arms going over to Ukraine. So first it's going over there, and then you've got to resupply. So this is a boon to them. The big U.S. defense contractors haven't had as good a year as you might think. Lockheed Martin, which makes the Javelin anti-tank missile, both, you know, a key weapon system, their sales actually shrank last year. Raytheon, producer of the Patriot Air Defense Systems. They're not going to see an increase until next year. But it's coming. Politics and power. That's the other side of this. Strengthened relationship between China and Russia. They are tighter in their connection. And yes, we can look on our side and see that there are strengthened bonds with NATO and other countries that have lined up the international community lining up to take a stand against this war. But to what end? That's my question. Is it lining up for us to get involved in a war? Is that where this is headed? Love to get your thoughts on this, your perspective on all of these things. Didn't I tell you there are so many areas where this is reaching? This is expanding. Next hour, we'll talk about 2024, the presidential contest, visits to Iowa by some candidates and possible candidates. And we've also got Transformation Tuesday, an update on Asbury. Stay with us. Hour number two, straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley And welcome to our number two of this broadcast. And coming up, Transformation Tuesday. One of the things I want to share before going into that, I always make it a habit of engaging and meeting new people. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, from going to stores to uh, just any kind of public places that I might frequent. From time to time, I run into people on a regular basis and engage in conversations. And some of those go pretty deep. Case in point. Past few days, this young man I've run into, 29 years old, black young man. And... We have had some extraordinary conversations. I want to tell you why I'm telling you this. Because I've repeatedly on this broadcast told you, do not make assumptions. Imagine my shock yesterday when we're talking. 
he brought up Black Lives Matter and referred to it in very derogatory terms, (laughs) recognizing it as a scam and making clear that he wants nothing to do with the victimology associated with the entire movement. I have just been shocked by these conversations. 29-year-old. It reminds me again to have a greater sense of mystery about where people really are. We have no idea how many more people out there there are like him that you might just look at and think, okay, here's another black liberal, you know, guaranteed Democrat voter. Not necessarily. We've not discussed politics yet. Not really. But I have to tell you, so far, I am profoundly surprised by the level of thought and engagement and discernment. I'm just sharing this with you as a reminder. (laughs) You just never know where people are. And I think one of the last things we need to do is to allow our association with certain organizations, people, whatever it is, to stand in the way of, number one, having some healthy relationships with people, and two, if we're concerned about a movement for freedom, for liberty, we need to make sure that is at the forefront, and people understand that's where we are coming from, and not allow the distractions, the loud, obnoxious nitwits, that are allegedly within our movement to basically distract from our mission and basically to also turn off people to our mission to the point they don't even want to hear what we have to say because of our association with that. Just a little friendly reminder. I... It always fascinates me, and I think it's so cool just to to recognize and to see evidence that not everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. Just putting it out there. We've had a number of conversations about what is taking place at Asbury, and one of the big headlines yesterday, the fact that Asbury... The school is basically going to shut down this thing Sunday or Monday, which I, I just think is absolutely bizarre. I do. I don't know how, if you think something is of God, you just unilaterally decide, well, I'm just going to pull the plug. If it's God who is behind it, if he is the initiator... He needs to be the one who continues and ends it at his leisure, which we'll talk about it based on what happens next. I want to stir it up a little more. I had a great conversation with my good friend, Lauren Rosser. Lauren used to be a youth pastor years ago. He is one of my closest friends. We had an extraordinary conversation on Sunday about all of this. I called him because I was like, I really wanted to get his take on the so-called revival going on in Asbury. And we ended up discussing so many things. Just a great time of fellowship. It really started with a post that he shared that I want to share with you now. I'm just going to warn you. It's pretty hard-hitting. This is something posted by Jake Stringer, and he really pulls no punches. So I'm just going to jump right in. The Asbury Revival. I humbly submit, absent of cynicism, as a former pastor who spent years studying so many of the teachings we were handed in evangelical Christianity with only a desire for people to become free. 
that the very need for revival, a.k.a. to have new life breathed into something followed by a return to stability, is first evidence the death of something was imminent and instability present. We must first ask ourselves, what was unstable and near death resulting in a need for revival? This, I, I'm so glad he's asking this question. I hope that once the worship sets in, the volunteers become weary and the energy to sustain 24-hour prayer wanes, that curiosity reveals itself as that which was near death and that that which God wishes to revive. And that's really the theme of his post, curiosity. I want you to listen to what he says about curiosity. Curiosity to know how followers of the way followed the Christ message for the first four post-resurrection centuries without a holy book. Oh boy. Curiosity to know why they were known for their nonviolence, refusal to engage in war, and inclusive love for all people, and yet Christians since the 5th century or so right after the Bible was compiled, began to be known as an exclusive, war-hungry people who believed mass killing was justified to expand God's kingdom. Curiosity to find out who first called this library of scrolls, that's what the root word for Bible means, library of scrolls, holy. I mean, seriously, when was the word holy placed on the front of the word library of scrolls? Curiosity to know why a library of scrolls was compiled in the first place. Curiosity to find out if those present at the Council of Hippo, Carthage, and Nicaea heard God correctly as to which scrolls to include and exclude. Honestly, how do any of us know that they didn't miss it? I know I'm probably causing circuits to blow all over the Carolinas right now. I'm going to continue this. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, whether you want to call or text. (laughs) Stay with us. Back on Transformation Tuesday, the Vince Coakley Radio Program. I'm sharing with you a post from... Jake Stringer, and what he's saying there's a need for is a revival of curiosity. This is one of the things that is missing overall. And he really went to the heart of some sacred cows here in talking about things like the compilation of Scripture. Now, this is not, you know, I want to make something very clear here. I'm not endorsing or agreeing with everything communicated here. Uh, Let me just put it this way. What he's saying about curiosity, I'm absolutely with him. Where these issues go is another subject. But one of the things that disturbs me is there's way too much assent to things that we have no idea where they came from. Well, this is just the way we've always done it. This is what we've always believed, yada, yada, yada. Let's keep going here. As he talks about the need for a revival of curiosity. Curiosity asks why there's such an overwhelmingly patriarchal narrative present in the Bible, except during Jesus' ministry, in which he consistently legitimizes, elevates, listens to, and empowers women. Curiosity as to why you see James, Paul, Peter, and other New Testament writers disagreeing theologically throughout the New Testament. Curiosity asked the Bible is one cohesive, non-contradictory, inerrant, univocal, unquestionable book, or if it's in fact a library of scrolls, as its very name informs, compiled from different writers at different times, from different cultures, with different ideas of what deity was and what deity wanted to accomplish in the earth that absolutely needs to be questioned. Curiosity regarding whether it was ever Jesus or Paul's wish to compile and bind these scrolls together. Curiosity as to why the first King James Bible had 80 books, the second 73, 
The Protestant Bible, we were handed 66. If the King James Version is the one perfect translation, the copy of copy of copies of scrolls used to compile the Bible, which King James Version? For there are three. Curiosity asked if Paul was mindful he was writing to anyone other than his immediate first century audience. Did he ever imagine the letters he penned to those he cared about across the region would be compiled and presented as a flawless, cohesive, close-ended theological narrative for all people for all time in endless centuries to come? Curiosity asked why doctrines of afterlife punishment became part of the Christian narrative centuries after Christ's death and ask who benefits from these afterlife threats. Curiosity to ask why the word hell, defined as conscious torment and flame for endless afterlife duration, is absent from the biblical text and only appears in about a third of Bible translations. Curiosity to wonder if You'd ever have believed in afterlife torment if your parents had given you a Young's literal translation, for instance, which as a literal translation doesn't even contain the word hell because it's literally not there. Curiosity to ask why when you read the New Testament it appears the first century people, including all the apostles, sure seem to believe the death and destruction so many popular TV preachers say is looming ominously in our future was going to happen then in the first century to them. Perhaps it's because when Jesus said it was going to happen within that generation, he wasn't wrong. Curiosity as to when a baby is born, we all see pure and innocent love and light in their eyes, yet our preachers insist they're vile, separated, guilty sinners deserving of endless afterlife torment in flame. Curiosity to ask if one of your children turn out to be LGBTQ, if it's really God's will, to withdraw your love from said child, take them to conversion therapy, no longer welcome them in your home. Curiosity to ask if you want to be on your deathbed, thinking about how you abandoned your own child and clung to your interpretation of a holy book, an interpretation you most likely never questioned. Harsh sounding, I know, but it's time to get real or we cannot move forward. Curiosity to ask if heaven would be heavenly at all if you find yourself there one day, yet the God you're with has created and is sustaining a scenario in which your children and others you love are burning in conscious, unimaginable, fiery anguish as you sing holy, 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 eternally at this God's feet. Curiosity to ask if this deity is worthy of worship at all, or perhaps this is a false narrative. Curiosity as to whether you want to remain in a life path that discourages questions, curiosity, doubt, open-mindedness, and growth. And if you want to raise your children in it and perpetuate this narrative. I hope curiosity takes hold among Christ followers like never before, including the self-appointed theological experts and gatekeepers themselves. These are just a few of the teachings I hope curiosity leads Christians to begin questioning. There are many more. I hope adults begin to listen to the hearts and words of unindoctrinated children regarding what the divine is rather than old men who are entrenched in their theological training and particular interpretation of the library of scrolls we call the Bible. I hope when history books look back on this revival be known as the revival of curiosity one marked by a lasting unprecedented increase in human consciousness love maturity growth understanding and dedication to making sure the next generation never regresses back into the fundamental fear-based religion we escaped thanks to a divine revival of curiosity I hope a stability remains like the one Jesus was attempting to usher in I know this is loaded, and I know some of you are like, what in the world is Vince sharing? But I thought it was worthy to share and provoke some conversation and, dare I say it, curiosity? Curiosity. That's Transformation Tuesday. Bring on the stones. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Coming up, we'll talk about the presidential contest, including visits to Iowa. Who is going? 
and also who is not showing up in Iowa. As we continue our Tuesday broadcast, stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. (laughs) Over on the text line, in response to what I shared... This post about revival of curiosity needed and the news about what's happening at Asbury. Uh, By the way, before we get there, this texter is saying, please explain to me why you had to identify your friend as black. You spend so much time complaining when liberals do it. Why are you shocked? Why are you shocked at the level of engagement with a black man? (laughs) Someone did not listen very carefully here. Let me just explain to you again what I've said plenty of times before. Sadly, so many people, frankly, in the black community, let me just say this more broadly. So many people, period, are not thinkers. They follow a herd. A lot of, you know, a lot of groups that are affected by activists are not independent thinkers. For example, a lot of women are not independent thinkers. They've listened to this propaganda about my body, my choice, for instance. And they don't even give thoughtful consideration to that human being that's inside them to learn the separate DNA and information that there's a world that goes beyond them. A lot of people in the black community, sadly, listen to and are very strongly influenced by people who have promoted a narrative That is, A, not true, and B, very self-destructive. And they follow it without thinking. That's why I needed to explain to you the whole story. Because many in the black community, all you have to do is look and see what the voting patterns are in the black community. Most vote Democrat. I'm I'm not sure if you know that. And I'm convinced most of them are not doing so because they're thoughtfully considering history and thoughtfully considering all of the issues that are at stake that really go beyond race. So that's why I find it very refreshing to have the conversation that I've described to you. And that's why I think it's important to... uh, It's not a bad thing to describe someone their race or their gender or their sexuality, whatever it is. The problem comes in is when we are geared toward identity politics. So I hope that's helpful. Vince, the Asbury false revival is not of God. That's why it's going to end. (laughs) Okay. Let's not forget true revival starts at home. It starts when we surrender our lives completely. Starts when we repent. It will continue when we go and obey the Great Commission, pour into others. We don't do any of that. The church services we go to are just worthless white noise. Jeff, that is text of the day to me. (laughs) I mean, oh my goodness. That's just right on the money. And that's how I view much of what, frankly, what we're doing in modern so-called Christianity. It's white noise. It's a lot of noise, but it's white noise. Oh, boy. We're going to talk more about the presidential landscape for 2024, um, perhaps on tomorrow's broadcast. We understand that the president, Joe Biden, is about to speak now on Ukraine, 
I have said it's important for us to have a conversation about this. So uh, why don't we listen? I believe he is in Warsaw, Poland. Let's listen to what he has to say. Come from a visit to Kiev, and I can report Kiev stands strong. <laughs> Kiev stands proud. It stands tall. And most important, it stands free. When Russia invaded, it wasn't just Ukraine being tested. The whole world faced a test for the ages. Europe was being tested. America was being tested. NATO was being tested. All democracies are being tested. And the questions we face were as simple as they were profound. Would we respond or would we look the other way? Would we be strong or would we be weak? Would, be, we, would, would we, the, all of our allies, would be united or divided? One year later, we know the answer. We did respond, we would be strong, we would be united, and the world would not look the other way. <clears throat> we also face fundamental questions about the commitment to the most basic of principles. Would we stand up for the sovereignty of nations? Would we stand up for the right of people to live free from naked aggression? Would we stand up for democracy? One year later, we know the answers. Yes, we would stand up for sovereignty, and we did. Yes, we would stand up for the right of people to live free from aggression, and we did. And we would stand up for democracy, and we did. And yesterday, I had the honor to stand with President Zelensky in Kyiv to declare that we will keep standing up for these same things, no matter what. When President Putin ordered his tanks to roll into Ukraine, he thought we would roll over. He was wrong. The Ukrainian people are too brave. America, Europe, a coalition of nations from the Atlantic to the Pacific, we were too unified. Democracy was too strong. Instead of an easy victory, he perceived and predicted. Putin left with burnout tanks and Russia's forces in delay and dis, in disarray. He thought he'd get the Findalization of NATO. Instead, he got the NATOization of Finland <laughs> and Sweden. He thought NATO would fracture and divide. Instead, NATO was more united and more unified than ever, than ever before. He thought he could weaponize energy to crack your resolve, Europe's resolve. Instead, we're working together to end Europe's dependence on Russian fossil fuels. He thought autocrats like himself were tough and leaders of democracy were soft. And then he met the iron will of America and the nations everywhere that refused to accept the world governed by fear and force. He found himself at war with a nation led by a man whose courage would be forged in fire and steel. President Zelensky. President Putin. President Putin is confronted with something today that he didn't think was possible a year ago. The democracies of the world have grown stronger, not weaker. But the autocrats of the world have grown weaker, not stronger. Because President Joe Biden speaking in Warsaw, Poland this morning. I'd love to get your thoughts. It's a fiery speech. No question about that. Stay with us. Back in the final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program. What did you think of that speech? I've got to tell you, and I'm I'm not saying this to you as a supporter of Joe Biden. I'm telling you, that was a well-delivered and fiery speech. It's also disturbing the content of it. Scott actually texted in and said, (laughs) this is the beginning of World War III. That's what's going on here. When Biden said the world wouldn't look the other way, it seems as though he forgot about the Uyghurs in China. Why do some people 
in countries are more important to our leaders than others. What are their basic principles in making those judgments? Sure doesn't seem based on a morality I want anything to do with, much less be governed by. Wow. Sounds like Biden's just trying to take off Putin. And I'm not sure that's a tree we should be barking up. Word salad from an old man not long for this world. Why should he care what happens? This texture in the upstate saying, but we can't even defend our own sovereignty. Nobody fears him. What a joke. What a joke. This texture would like me to post or share the article, the social media post that I was sharing with you a little while ago. I may do that. <laughs> it's, uh, I know it's quite inflammatory for a lot of people. I'm just saying. <laughs> About the speech? Nauseating. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> you know, sometimes... This person says, Vince, please turn Biden off. I'm getting a headache. I <laughs> love the show. <laughs> uh, this texter, always dumping on black people. Shame on you, Vince. You support the same party as the white supremacists and the Nazis. But we don't judge your intelligence, but you judge ours. Shame on you, Vince. Really? Why don't you call in and let's have a conversation? Nobody's dumping on black people. Nobody's dumping on anybody. And if you heard my initial comment and my explanation to you, the thing that I said is, overall, most Americans don't do a good job of thinking. We really don't. We follow herds. And there are different herds. So, if that's offensive, then... You want to somehow turn that into something anti-black, then shame on you. All right, time for us to take a look at the day in history. Chris, how are you today? Are I'm you there? A, I'm oh. doing well, Vince. I'm hoping oh. this isn't the last day in history. Ah, uh, yeah, tell me about it. All this talk that's going on. Yeah, it's getting interesting for sure. And intriguing enough... Two of the countries that have been discussed today, Russia, China, are very much, very much in place today because of this man. 1848, he published his Communist Manifesto. Who uh, was that guy? Well, Karl Marx. Karl Marx uh, is the guy. The Communist Manifesto. That's him, all right. And it's still with us today. 1885, the Washington Monument dedicated. 1931, Miles Labs introduced this particular product. Do you remember the commercial back from the 1970s? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Yeah. Alka-Seltzer. An absolute good. If you need an Alka-Seltzer, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having an Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Sometimes it's the only thing that will do. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a product that's uh, served a lot of people for many, many years. 1931, when that was introduced. 1948, this organization was formed. Formed for people who love to drive in a circle or watch people driving in a circle what is the name of that organization uh, who invented the roundabout <laughs> you're so silly was, was it mr carousel i guess uh, uh, mr. Auto <laughs> uh, we have a hall of fame that is uh mr hooper for, for this organization Hoop. what is it uh, uh auto racing nascar oh, nascar okay. nascar very good 1948 introduced this country uh, placed all industry under the direct control of the government 1960 is the year it's in our hemisphere and uh, boy they've been giving us trouble for quite some time with their fiery leader Fidel Castro what country was this well it ain't Haiti <laughs> that, would be, that would be Cuba. That was Cuba. 1965, the assassination of Malcolm X in New York City. 1972, this president visited China. 
That was very significant at the time. Thought it would never happen. Well, 62, it would have been JFK. 72, 72. Oh, 72. 72 would have been uh, Nixon. That's Tricky Dick, absolutely. And 1981, the number one hit, 9 to 5. Dolly Parton, remember that one? Oh, yeah. Working 9 to 5. Yeah. Back when that was considered a long day. Yeah, if they only knew, right? <laughs> what was Is that with come? an hour for lunch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Dolly Parton's complaining about working seven hours a day. Yeah, it's uh, a different world today for many of us. That's all the time we have. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Be safe out there. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.